Hello everyone and welcome again to another Teacher Joseph podcast. Well, today we're looking at idioms which contain some reference to birds. And there's many of them around. In the old days, of course, Britain had a lot of respect for nature. So we have a lot of idioms about birds, a lot of idioms about water and nature. So we're going to go through a few of those today. My favorite one is as the crow flies. Now, as the crow flies is a reference to the distance between two points. So imagine that the distance between London and Paris is, let's say, 300 miles. Okay. But of course, if you travel by car and then by boat, it might take longer because you're going along a certain route. Maybe there's diversions, maybe the same as flying. You have to go in a kind of U-shape rather than a straight line. But the measurement of the straight line is as the crow flies. And that's very different from talking about how long the journey takes. So if someone says, hey, how far away is Paris from here? You can say, well, as the crow flies, 300 miles. It means city to city, if you look on a map and measure it, uh, the actual distance is 300 miles. There we are. So that's as the crow flies. Very common that. I love that one. And you use it just as a statement. Well, as the crow flies, the distance is blah, blah, blah. Okay, very good. Uh, the next one is to fly the coop. To fly the coop. Now, that means when the children have left home. Oh, my children have flown the coop. So I'm a bit bored these days or I have more time on my hands. The family's left. They've gone to university, they've gone to live somewhere else. And now I'm in my old age, so to speak, to fly the coop. Now, that's an interesting one, to fly the coop. It's uh, actually very, very common. Uh, and if your children have flown the coop, it may mean that you have empty nest syndrome, which is what happens when the family fly the coop. That's a syndrome where the parents just don't know what to do with themselves. They're a little bit lost uh, because the coop has been flown. The coop, by the way, is the cage where you keep the birds. Okay, so they've flown the coop. Um, there's actually loads of these. Um, another one is, a little bird told me, which is how you say that you've heard some news. So you can go up to your friend and say, oh, a little bird told me it's your birthday today. And that means your friend told me or your mother told me. And in response, you could say, ah, oh, I know who that bird was. <laughs> and they weren't so little. <laughs> so it's very funny. Uh, another one is as light as a feather. So if you come across something that has no weight, it's not heavy at all. 
you can say, oh, it's as light as a feather. Yeah, that's a good one. I love that one. I use that a lot. Carrying my books around, people sometimes say, is that bag of yours not heavy? You can say, oh, no, no, it's as light as a feather. Uh, let's do one more. Okay, um, let's see. Oh, yes, a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. That means what you have is more valuable than something which perhaps you can't really get access to at the moment. Or what you have at the moment is worth more than a hope or a dream. So, for example, if you have some money and you're going to go gambling, your wife might say, oh, don't lose too much money. Remember, uh, a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. It means what you have is worth more than the hope of getting more. A bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. It's very common, that. So if you're going to change your job, you know, your colleagues might say, well, you could change your jobs, but remember... Uh, a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush, you know, so don't take for granted what you have. It's kind of similar to it's better the devil you know than the devil you don't if you're taking a risk, you know. It means um, be very careful with risks, basically, yeah. So, yeah, people use that to remind us that what we have is important, so... If you're going to travel to a new country, maybe your mother would say, mm, remember, a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. What you have here is very, very good and just as important, you know. Right, very nice. So th those are some common ones. I mean, there's loads of them. There's loads of them. Building a nest together is when you're setting up home with someone. That's quite common as well. For some reason, I really don't like that one. Isn't it strange how there's some idioms we love and some we hate? Um, right, yeah, and another very interesting thing, I don't know if you, if you know this, is about falcons. Now, a friend of mine was traveling into Abu Dhabi airport the other day, and he told me he was quite shocked because sitting on the seat next to him was a falcon. And I said to him, well, what's strange about that? And he said, well, I didn't know that falcons can uh, travel on airlines. And I told him, yeah, not only can they travel on airlines, but they, they actually have their own passports to do that. They're considered to be very special birds and worth a lot of money, of course, because uh, of um, falcon racing. Uh, yeah, they're they're very um, considered to be very special animals. Um, falcons are the ultimate status symbol over there, and uh, some falcon owners. Uh, travel with them, caged, uncaged. Um, they can sit at the back, sometimes together. And uh, yeah, if you look on social media, you'll see loads of pictures of falcons traveling across the Middle East. In fact, we have a falcon farm here. 
and every so often, you know, the, the Mercedes appear, the cars or the BMWs, the Falcons are taken away and flown in a private jet over to Abu Dhabi. Um, yeah, it's, it's very interesting. Over there, many of the airlines are perfectly okay with you traveling with your Falcon. Um, yeah, there's Falcon racing, but more common, I think, is hunting with Falcons, and that goes back hundreds of centuries. And it's kind of like one of these sports that uh, young Arabs learn from their father or grandfather. I mean, falcons are kind of rare now. I think that's why they they come here to buy them. Um, historically, those birds were used as a way of obtaining food. But now they're either kept for sports or for some kind of hunting. Um, oh, they're worth a lot of money. I mean, your average falcon can cost you around uh, anywhere between 500 to $20,000. They have their own passport issued by the Ministry of Environment and Water in the Emirates. And the reason for that is to try to stop them being smuggled. Uh, you can get a passport for your falcon. It's $130 that lasts three years. Um, yeah, and those birds can be trained within six weeks. It doesn't, uh, it doesn't um, take a long time. And the, the younger Arabs uh, from the Emirates, they develop a strong relationship with these animals. Uh, they represent courage, perseverance, determination, and freedom. Uh, so it's very interesting, very interesting, yes, yes. Um, yeah, my friend was telling me that uh, he was really shocked to see this thing sitting there. First of all, he thought it was a magician with some kind of magic trick because it was covered, it was wearing like a little gown, it had a hood on it. And I told him, no, that's very common, you know. And uh, it's only when the plane comes down to land that the the falcon kind of, gets excited, you know, but it doesn't cause a fuss. It's very nice, you know, sitting in the cabin. It, it, it's not a bird which is threatened. Yeah, but they, they cover their eyes to keep them at peace. Um, Qatar Airways uh, allows passengers to travel with one Falcon as an economy class passenger and a maximum of six on any one flight. Uh, but you have to pay for it with rates ranging from $115 uh, up to thousands per bird. Etihad Airlines uh, is similar, but they require... Well, actually, no, Etihad has similar regulations, but Emirates Airlines require all animals traveling to be caged. Royal Jordanian Airlines is much more accommodating. You can have two falcons per seat and a maximum of 10 to 15 falcons in the cabin and they don't have to be caged. So you could actually be sitting next to this thing which uh, might be staring at you, which is quite interesting. Can you imagine trying that with Ryanair? <laughs> Excuse me, can I bring my falcon on board? You can imagine the hostess is uh, 
busy stopping us taking baggage on board. I don't know what she'd be like if she saw a falcon. Uh, what else? Yes, um, the German airline Lufthansa, they're bringing in uh, what they call their Falcon Master. It's a, kind of a bird stand. It looks like, uh, you know, those those stands, that, like a long bit of metal in the bed that's on the top. They're bringing these in, apparently, in the future. <laughs> I'd like to see that. It's not operational yet. But uh, they're thinking about it. So, yeah, next time you're flying to the Middle East, you can have a look. But they, they, they treat their falcons very well. When I was over there, I remember there was a local hospital. I think it's in Abu Dhabi. Yeah, they have a falcon hospital. Um, I didn't think that was strange. But what I thought was strange was the fact that it closed at 2 p.m. every day. But I think that's got something to do with the heat. Um, but I was a bit bitter because I was working <laughs> night talkie until nine o'clock at night, you know. Um, yeah, so falcons. Yeah, they breed them here and they go for big money over to the Arab world. Mm, yeah, quite a nice life. Huh? Quite a nice life. And that's it for me today. So on social media, do have a look at Falcons on airlines. You'll be very surprised. It's very different from EasyJet. That's it. See you all soon. Bye.